0: Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reed.
1: G'day, everyone, and welcome back to episode 98 of Australia's favourite small business marketing podcast. I am your host, Timbo Reid, and we're brought to you by the very good folk at Net Registry who get your business online sorted. And I hung out with them in Sydney earlier this week. A little bit more on that in a minute. But I want to welcome you, the listener, to the show. If you are tuning in, which you clearly are, that means you're a motivated small business owner who is ready to absolutely crush it with their marketing. So, welcome along. Thanks for being part of the crowd. Welcome also to everyone from the Flying Solo community. Hey, um, met with the Net Registry folk this week in Sydney at their very, very cool Silicon Valley type offices. Wow. They, they've got a cool place to work, 130 of them racing around, helping small businesses all over Australia get online because that's what they do very, very well. In fact, they say they get you sorted. Um, Couple of numbers to uh, keep in mind. One in three domain names are registered through Net Registry, and at $12.50 a pop for a.com.au, I'd be all over it. Um, and they have got over 500,000 small businesses sorted online today. date. So go and check them out at netregistry.com.au. Um, met the guys there, uh, as I said, during the week. Larry, the head honcho, great guy. I met Karen, Verity, Scott and Sam, really nice people. Um, And they do understand small business. In fact, Sam's running a workshop later this week, which I'll be attending in Melbourne, um, helping small businesses get online. So netregistry.com.au. Now, big news, guys, big news. In this episode, Andrew Griffiths is coming on. And he will be coming on regularly. Who's Andrew Griffiths? Go back and have a listen to episode 90 and 95. And you'll realise that AG, as we call him, is Australia's leading small business author. Written 11 books on small business in Australia. So um, Andrew and I have decided to partner up. Once a month at least, but yes, definitely once a month, once every four shows of small business, big marketing will be Andrew and I knocking around some business and some marketing issues uh, that are both current, will answer some listener questions and generally just have a bit of a hit and a giggle about all things business that is coming up. Wanted to share with you a little uh, article that I got sent by Valerie Koo recently. Valerie is the founder of the Sydney Writers' Centre and is also a journo who writes for Sydney Morning Herald and some other esteemed publications. She did an 11-hour trip between Melbourne and Sydney in her car recently. And guess what? Listen to 11 hours of small business big marketing. What about that? She puts it down to being disorganized, not having got the audio book ready or her favorite set of CDs ready. But uh, she wrote a blog article about it, uh, and in it she says, uh, instead I opened iTunes, swiped through a few business podcasts, and landed on Timbo Reed's small business big marketing show, and downloaded 11 episodes. Oh, my God. God, she says, I imagine that there are few people in the world who could say they have listened to Timbo Reed for 11 straight hours. Yeah, probably right there. I could put my kids, sort of uh, say my kids have, but probably not even for that long. But that's exactly what she did. Um, and She said, don't get me wrong, Tim does a great podcast. I really enjoyed some of the interviews. But after 11 hours, she was going completely nuts. But she does say my podcast rock. What was really interesting is one of the interviews that she listened to was, from Andre, was with Andre from Vino Mofo. Uh, and she ends up going and contacting him as a result of him being on the show. And he gets a big article in the Sydney Morning Herald, which, for overseas listeners, is one of Australia's largest circulating newspapers. So, hey, come on the Small Business Big Marketing Show, and who knows what could happen. And Valerie, if you want to do an article on, like, yeah, say, a really cool marketing podcast, I'm all ears, I'm all mouth. Alrighty. Now let's get stuck into the Andrew and Tim show. Just as a reminder, Andrew Griffiths is Australia's number one small business author. Okay. He's written 11 books. He came on this show uh, on episode 90 and episode 95, had some great feedback from listeners saying you guys should do more of it. So you know what? We're doing more of it. We're going to hook up every, probably one in every four episodes and have a just general discussion around things that are happening in business and marketing um, and hopefully not agreeing on everything and having a bit of a diverse point of view, because that should make for interesting listening. So uh, sit back, enjoy this. Um, We'd love your feedback. We'd love the feedback on what we should name this episode, and we've put a little questionnaire in the show notes for episode 98 at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, where you can have your say. We've come up with a few names ourselves, but you can have your say as well. Enjoy this, guys. See you on the other side. Andrew Griffiths, welcome back to a very, very special episode. I'm going to call this episode one of Small Business Big Marketing, in a sense. How are you, mate? Very, very well, Tim, and very, very happy to be back again. Well, this is special because this is the Andrew and Timbo Show.
2: Well... I've always wanted a show, I just didn't imagine it would be in this, but I, I'm very, very pleased about that, and at least this one's legal, look on the bright side. <laughs>
1: correct, correct, and um, this is, um, as, as I said uh, in the intro to this, this is something Andrew and I are going to do, uh, at least on a monthly basis, where we have a little bit of um, a bit of banter, we share an opinion or two about some current goings-on in the world of business and marketing, and um, might even answer a listener question, mate.
2: Uh, That sounds good to me, mate. Absolutely. Bring it on.
1: Bring it on. Now, I I always hear when when there's a new, often what people do when there's a new podcast or they do something new in a podcast, they, they spend a lot of time talking about it. And I think that's disrespectful of the listener.
2: Mm,
1: so So I want to get straight into topics. Suffice to say that we are looking for a name for this new part of the Small Business Big Marketing Show. We've created a bit of a questionnaire, and we'll touch on that at the end instead of now, Andrew, because I think what we should do is, like, there's a great saying, um, don't tell me you're funny, tell me a joke, right? right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And I'm sure people want to get down to some of the meat and potatoes. Let's talk let's <laughs> business. Let's let's get serious.
1: I love that saying, the, the meat and potatoes. Uh, always, I don't know why, but it just puts a smile on my dial. <laughs> now, mate, we have got, we got some stuff to cover here. We're going to promise to, well, promise, never promise. We're going <laughs> to keep this to around 30-minute discussion each time we do it. We've got some topics here about uh, you want to talk pricing you've discovered a new trend out in the marketplace you want to talk about i want to talk about oh, i've got to listen a question about publicity great. i want to talk about public speaking we're going to talk about that famous game called bullshit bingo um and, and there's some other stuff too so a bit to cover mate so um, okay great I'm going to hand it over to you because and allow you to introduce the first topic. So, what's on your sure. mind, Andrew?
2: Yeah. Well, thanks, Tim. I, the, the first thing I want to talk about this morning uh, is something. Someone has, has to be the most expensive. Why not make it you? That's a that's a, a statement that I had uh, given to me many many years ago uh, when I had my first business. It was a dive shop in Sydney, of all places. And uh, and I remember I had this mentality that to sell anything, whether it be myself, my products. Whatever it was, I had to do it cheap. You know, cheap is what sold things, and uh, and it was interesting because I had an old fella that was been in the industry for many years, and that line that he gave to me was, "Someone's got to be the most expensive. It may as well be you. Mm. But if you're going to be the most expensive, you got to be the best." And uh, and it's a really interesting kind of a philosophy because I find with a lot of people in business, particularly in small business, they they. Really struggle with charging what they're worth. They really struggle with with the whole pricing concept. Often it's developed with no strategy. It's just look, this is what we charge because that's what everyone else charges. And uh, and and I kind of think that that's a wrong approach, to be honest. I, a, I don't think there's anything to be had by being the cheapest. I think that what you then attract is cheap. But B, I think you often undersell yourself. And a lot of these people have got businesses that are not ever going to be profitable simply because they couldn't make enough money if they worked 30 hours mm-hmm.
1: a day. Well, so, it's like, gosh, this is a, we should call this a segment can of worms because price, mm-hmm, pricing, I, I know um, there'll be many listeners right now going, oh, my God, pricing, pricing. Um, are you, uh, is, is what you're saying that you should be the most expensive or it's something to consider because I know there's a lot of people, pricing's so psychological. I mean, you know, as soon as you say you're the most expensive, it all of a sudden brings all these connotations of highest quality and perceptions of grandeur and all that type of stuff. So uh, are you saying that you should be the most expensive or it's something to consider? What I'm saying is you should charge what you're worth,
2: okay and not charge what you think the market will pay you know over the years I've worked with literally thousands of business owners over many years and if I was going to pick one common thing that most of them are guilty of is that they undercharge for their products and services because they struggle with seeing the value in it they think someone can pay x amount of dollars so that's how much they'll pay me and uh, and I think that it's such a common thing I've written about it in many different places my my real my real statement there is if you're going to be you know. Know, cheap well okay then you're competing with everyone that's where everyone competes that's where the knuckle fights are happening mm. in the cheap <laughs> end of town if you want to be more exclusive and be at the other end of town and be a little bit more expensive obviously you would never come out and say to anyone hey i'm the most expensive um you know for a reason it's just way too arrogant to do that you know, but but if you're going to be at the other end of town, it's much more about value. It's much more about having extraordinary service. It's much more about you know doing all the little things that most people don't do in the cheap end of town because they can't afford to. And, and you know? know
1: you know the irony, Andrew, is it's expensive to be cheap.
2: It is. Hey, and hey? do you like it, that? It, It's a wonderful term, but if you're the cheapest, you've got a cheap business. And from my experience, cheap businesses, they pay their staff cheap, they have cheap facilities, everything is cheap, cheap, cheap. And, uh, you know, I just, again, for me, it's you attract a cheap, clientele. And uh, and they're hard, they're demanding, you know, all the rest of it. Whereas if you want to really differentiate yourself, uh, that to me is, is, is going, well, go down the other end. But most importantly, you know, you've got to charge what you're worth. And you go, oh, well, but if I charge what I'm worth, no one will ever come and use me. That's because you're basing that decision on your current client base, not on the client base that you want to attract. And something happens. I've done this in my own businesses where I've doubled my rates, where I've fitted out businesses completely you know like very very luxuriously and all the rest of it to to differentiate myself and I changed my client base what I actually ended up doing was attracting people that could afford to pay that were prepared to pay more and they they wanted quality they wanted to be treated better they they wanted to use someone who was you know the best in this particular yeah. industry, Yeah, absolutely. I, I it's a powerful point. And whether or not you change, I think you need to at least ask yourself, why are we charging what we're charging? And yeah. most people will turn around and say, because that's what everyone else charges.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And and you know what? The, the opposite of positioning yourself uh, as quality and and one of the more expensive in your industry, the, the opposite of that is a dead-end street. Because at what point do you just, you know, th- at a point you're going to have to offer something for free exactly and the real the big clincher for
2: me on this one is always tim if i'm working with a business in some shape or form is and i'm looking at the numbers you know they say oh things are going well we're turning over x amount of dollars it looks good but there's no money left and odds on the reason there's no money left is because you're not charging enough and and there's just not enough profit in it you know you're doing it for practice you're spinning the tires you're not making any money why why would you do that in a business yep Yeah. it's If you're not charging enough, then there's not enough profit, then, you know, you really haven't got a business. You've just got a way to pass the time.
1: Correct, correct. Love it, mate. There is a there is an entire, funnily enough, on small business, big marketing, uh, I've been looking for a pricing expert uh, for a long time. And there's actually not that many people who kind of hang their shingle out and say, you know, I am a pricing expert. That's what I do. You know, you could talk to a good accountant or clearly you've got some points of view, but uh, they're few and far between. So there is definitely more discussion to be had around that whole area of pricing. You bring up a good point.
2: And if I can just add one, one quick thing to that, mate. so
1: we're already going to go over time.
2: time Time-wise, aren't we? (laughs) But I I worked with a company uh, many years ago and they did magazines, Specialist and they ran this promotion which was a fantastic promotion, it was a really good deal but they just hadn't done their sums so what happened was every subscription that they sold to places like America was ending up costing them $50.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now they sat down around the table and said this has been the most successful promotion we've ever had and you know we've we've subscribed like 20 or 30 thousand people yet we're, we're going broke and we don't know why and someone just literally hadn't done the sums on the actual promotion to see how much it was going to cost them to fulfil it and Uh, And, and again, I encounter that stuff all the time. People offer great deals on, particularly on like Groupons and things like that and end up not making any money out of it. Mm. You're going, well, exposure you know these kind of vague terms that to me you know exposure brand awareness you know they're they're important sure but but really making money is important at the end of the day if you're not making any money no amount of brand exposure is going to help you.
1: Andrew just a question do you breathe when you talk or do you just literally um is it just like one entire breath out?
2: I would like to say that I'm going to breathe when I'm dead but (laughs) there's so much wrong with that statement I don't know what
1: it (laughs) is. Exactly right you are a machine. I I think I might have met my match uh, in terms of the ability to talk.
2: Got to remember, I'm a diver. I've got to come uh, from long diving
1: background. <laughs> correct, correct. Um, now, mate, um, let's move on. I came across a great idea um, which kind of just is sparked the idea of, you know, how do you provide, not you, but our listeners, how do you provide demonstrations of your product or service? Much easier to provide a demonstration of a product, harder to provide a demonstration of a service. But there's a, um, in New York, um, there is a bedroom furniture store that lets customers take a nap for free. So they've got these visitors, to this furniture store called Coco Mat, where you can go in and test the quality of their beds while catching 40 winks in a hotel room-like experience, which I just thought was really clever. You know, God, God knows what else goes on in there, Andrew, at lunchtime, you know, we're just, just slipping out for a nap, darling. You know, but um, I just thought that was a great way of providing a product demonstration to something that I used to, I hate going and testing beds because you kind of, you roll up to the furniture store and you take a lie down and generally you've been running around all day anyway. So you could lie on a bed of nails and it'd be comfortable but um, uh, they've kind of come up with a very clever way of doing it and it kind of uh, raises the question, what other product demonstrations have we seen? And more importantly, because I know a lot of our listeners are service providers, how do you provide demonstrations of your service?
2: Well, yeah, and it's a great, it is a great point as well because it's really, I, my philosophy on it is it's kind of like, it's you're putting your money where your mouth is. Yep. yep. Really, you know, you, you get to try before you buy, you get uh, a taste. I've seen colonic irrigators have done that, you know. Get have free, out
1: of here. Really,
2: I've, I suggested it to them being one of the best promotions they ever did, you know, because everyone was terrified of getting a colonic, get one for free. <laughs> Right. Come and see what it's about and realise it's actually not that big a deal. I mean, it goes back to the old concept of people standing at the front of hang a on, restaurant. Hang on. You're,
1: going, you're going way too far ahead. I'm still back in colonic irrigation land. What you're telling me is, the, okay, just so you're clear, they're offering, like, come in and, and try for free a colonic, colonic yeah. irrigation, not, hey, watch my demonstration of a colonic irrigation.
2: Exactly yes <laughs> there's, no, there's no webcam in there there's no uh, live you know the 24hour live uh, colonic irrigation webcam.
1: H- have you have you advised a colonic irrigation business? Absolutely. Love that. I've, I've advised, uh, in fact, one of the biggest jobs I had last year was um, working with the colostomy bag producers. So between you and I, you know, if we can help businesses oh, from a marketing perspective, if I can help market colostomy bags and you've gone down the path of colonic irrigation, then, you know, there's not much we can't do.
2: Absolutely. And between And there's a lot of weird stuff. And, and, and funnily enough, in this one, in terms of try before you buy kind of concept, I work with a funeral home and they did a promotion <laughs> where they offered that to people to, to lay in a coffin before you buy it. And, oh, uh, my God. And, and it was hugely popular, albeit a little bit, you know, a little bit weird really? uh, from that but the, the concept of it was that, you know, people would want to get buried and they want to, I want to be comfortable. If I'm going to be buried in this damn thing, I'm going to be here for a few years, you know, I, I want to make sure it's comfy. But it was, it was fun, but the concept of it, and that's often the case with these things. I think when it's fun, people talk about it. Like, go and have a 10-minute kip in a bed in New York. I mean, yep. wouldn't you laugh? Wouldn't you tell everyone back at the office about that? I mean, if you got a free colonic, you probably wouldn't tell anyone. Uh, but no. if you to lay in a coffin and thought yep this feels pretty comfy you'd go it's uh, I think it's a great idea you
1: know what this stuff does too um and you know clearly some things are more shareable than others but when you create interesting little marketing strategies like these um they're shareable so you know if you're going to have a little kip in a in a bed shop in New York you're you're probably going to take a photo of it and put it on your Facebook or send it out on Twitter and that's what gets the world talking about an idea like this
2: Wonderful. And, and you're right What you are saying before, it's a bit harder with service providers to turn around and go, oh, okay, because really what we're trying to do, I guess, when you're giving someone a free trial is to give them an experience, but to really, I, I guess, take away any risk associated mm. with a purchase, isn't it? That's saying, you try it, you like it, you try this bed, it's really comfy, well, there's no risk in getting it home and going, now I hate it. And uh, and it's it's a risk reduction strategy. With service providers, something that I've been doing for many years is every time I put in a quote i on the last page, I give the name, direct contact number, and a a description of the project I did for my 10 most recent clients. Mm. And I invite this new prospective client to call any of the 10 people on there to actually verify that I can deliver on exactly what it is I'm offering. And it's, again, it's all about reducing risk. I'm amazed how many times I get a job because of that um, that openness. People always comment about it, big jobs, small jobs. They go, wow, you know, like that's, um, oh, they never ring the people, but they, <laughs> they, they, they like the fact that you've been so open about um, who you've worked for and that someone believes in you enough to offer a a phone testimonial. Well, uh, I think
1: this this whole notion of your your product or a service demonstration, as you say, it's about reducing risk and building confidence. Some ideas for service providers that come to mind. you know, your chiro, your chiropractor could offer a free information evening. Gyms already offer free seven-day trials, which I think is a great idea. Accountants could offer a monthly Q and A webinar. I was thinking about, you know, just the idea of an accountant going, well, you know, to give it to give away half an hour or an hour of someone's time, of your time. I mean, that's quite expensive, so that's not generally going to work for a service provider. But if you can leverage it and say, you know, like as an accountant, once a month on a Thursday night at eight p.m., I'm going to run a free webinar where you can get on and ask me any question you like then all of a sudden you know you are you, you're testing you're testing their service and uh, graphic designers I, I thought they could video their working process from taking the brief through to delivering concepts to taking feedback to, to delivering the final product and that's a more expensive way but you know um, just some ways of service providers demonstrating their product. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, mate, um, we are going beautifully here. I'm going to pass the ball back to you. Uh, uh, sorry about the footy analogy. And um, what do you got, yeah. mate? What else have you got in your kick?
2: There's a term that's uh, that's now set in uh, in stone called Newism. Is it set and, in uh, stone? Set uh, in stone. It's 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 out there. It's it's now a fact that will appear in dictionaries <laughs> in the next year or two. Newism. What's it mean? And, uh, newism is uh, is the trend of consumers uh, and, and what it is we love new oh, we I want like that's a- not a trend well, it's interesting. I guess it depends uh, uh, which way you look at it. I believe, I think for many years as consumers, what we wanted the most was consistency. We were we were desperate for consistency. If I went into a restaurant, I want it to be consistently good <laughs> or consistently bad, just so long as I know whatever it was I got, it was the same each time. Or if we went you know, on a plane or if we went into any kind of business, we wanted to know what to expect. With this amazing planet that we live on now, where where new things are happening at such a great rate of knots, and we're constant every day, pretty much. I, I don't think there's a day goes by that I don't come across something that's new. Mm. Uh, that that, again, we're actually becoming a little bit addicted to new. And what, what they're actually saying from this strategy is the fact that if your business is not offering new in the products, services, how you package things, how you deliver things, all that kind of stuff, if you're not offering new, then you have, have, you're have you in trouble because your competitors are offering you. Yeah, but and but it's what's a, the... Um...
1: So, what's the opposite of new? Old. You know, like sure. I, that's why I don't get it as a trend. If it's, um, we're into new. Well, yeah, if I go to a shop and want something or ring, ring a service provider and want something, I want the new version. Unless it's an antique, unless I'm antique shopping, um, yep. I want new every day of the week.
2: We want an old new answer these days, <laughs> but, uh, but but I, I know what you're saying. But that again, what the difference is though is that that we it, it comes back again to that point of consistency. What we know, what we want. Newism is actually talking a bit about as consumers, we actually want to be entertained. By our purchases. We want to be stimulated by our purchases. We want to be engaged by something that's new. And this is this is what the trend itself is: to say, well, actually, a new product or service now is a form of entertainment. Now, when you start thinking along those lines, it's 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 like wow. But the point is, what it's really showing is that as consumers, whereas once if someone just offered really consistent service, we would stay using them forever. What it's suggesting now is if you do that, your relationship with your customers is actually going to get boring and stale, and they will go somewhere else because they're looking for something new. We're attracted to chasing the new butterflies, right? Butterflies. Okay. To retain well, clients, if we're not coming up with new products, new services, new ways of doing what we do. Now, it doesn't mean we've got to reinvent our business every time. It just means maybe, maybe we've got to come up with a different kind of pricing structure, maybe well, we've got to what, a different what, way to pay. You know, maybe. Yeah.
1: I think one of the things is, uh, geez, I tell you what, mate, I'm, I'm digging holes to get a word in here. I need a, I need a, I need a virtual flag to raise. Andrew, Andrew, uh, funny, Lukey, who I used to do the show with, um, had, ha, I had, he had the same problem with me. So I'm just getting a taste of my own medicine, mate. Um, I, I, point I was going to say when I rudely interrupted you was that there is in today's marketplace, it is so easy to get a new product to market so much easier than it was five, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, and, and so what, we definitely are seeing that. I, I remember um, having a number of different discussions with um, potential guests on Small Business Big Marketing where it was just like, you know, the way they took their product to market wasn't through months and years of research and prototyping. It was like testing it out in the world of social media, getting a sense that there's an idea there and spending a few hundred bucks on on getting an initial product concept to market or service concept to market. And you know it is, it's so much easier to to be to, to live that newism trend if it is a trend these days.
2: Well, and we're seeing it. Look at books, you know, last time we chatted, yeah. we spoke about books and people doing a beta book, print 200 copies, give it to everyone you know, get them to proof it for you and come back to you with corrections. Correct. And it's like, wow, okay. even Even the concept of newism in publishing where you can produce a book within a matter of weeks, literally, that was unheard of mm. four or five years ago in reality, let alone, you know, three or four months ago. So, yep. yeah. I, I think the biggest take-home has to be, and that, that it, the whole gig these days is, as a business, your greatest enemy is being beige, and that's blending into the background. Beige is bad, and, uh, and newism means you've got to keep your relationship with your customers spicy. You've got to keep it exciting. You've got to, you know, there's got to be a bit of butter, bing, butter, bing in there. Uh, <laughs> if you don't have any butter, bing, then your
1: customers are somewhere they're going to
2: get it. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, interesting kind of a point, mate. Righto, back to you.
1: Righto, Griffo. You don't mind if I might have a call you Griffo, do
2: you? AG. Everyone calls me AG. AG. AG.
1: Ah. It just seems a little bit impersonal. <laughs> 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 but anyway. Um, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it's who I am. Off, have you got any other nicknames? None that I can mention. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> um, now, Bullshit Bingo, Andrew. Ah, uh, okay. Bullshit. Do you know what that is?
2: Uh, yes, I do know bullshit bingo. You know, <laughs> we've been through a few elections of late, so we're kind of uh, we we hear more than uh, more than we want to. You know, it's, it's when you're
1: sitting in a meeting and someone is just pulling out. I don't even know what is the term. It's not. It's not. They're not acronyms. They're just kind of um fancy phrases and words that sound really important. But when you kind of think about what that person just said, it's like there's not a lot of weight behind it. So um, I thought you you and I could maybe just um, pick a few of those key phrases that we hear in business all the time Mm -hmm. and just, I don't know, they just kind of make your eyes roll back. Now, while you are thinking about what they may be, can I just tell you that I put this question on uh, the Small Business Big Marketing Facebook Uh, 24 hours ago, we've had 57 responses and oh, really? <laughs> the, the question was so if you can't think of anything don't worry mate because i've got about 150 oh, i'll bring them
2: on where do you start but i'm sure we have probably all heard these yeah. ones, and i would love to hear what people have got
1: to say well the question i put on facebook was have you ever played bullshit bingo it's when you tick off buzzwords that people say in meetings that sound important but are pretty lightweight i'd love to create a list and i started it off with um a couple of mine where um when someone says uh, yeah, yeah great point tim uh, Let's take it offline. Mm. And it's like, oh, what? What? Take it offline? <laughs> okay. Which clearly means we'll, we'll talk about it after the meeting. Um, <laughs> yes, so I heard one the other day which kind of, uh, kind of shocked me. It was like customer-facing.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: customer-facing. Like, uh, I don't know, it sounded a bit weird. A, a customer-facing meeting it was. Um, really?
2: Yeah, I've heard that term in the book industry, Right. they'll, right. Off, they'll, they'll always um, they'll say customer-facing, mean, turning the book cover out at times, or cover-facing, customer-facing, uh, in a few retail environments, but never in a meeting side of things. So, that, that meant a face-to-face meeting with a customer, I assume. I, I
1: guess oh, so. I get that. <laughs> exactly right. Why don't we get in front of the customer and have a chat, I think is what it means.
2: Well, that's um, an a innovative strategy. Yeah.
1: yeah. What about we right. need a few quick wins? <laughs> uh, and, 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 to, and if we can combine that with some seamless integration then I think we're really looking down the barrel of a great outcome uh, and
2: every company <laughs> I've ever met is vertically integrated uh, yeah. everyone's vertically yeah, integrated. Yeah. You go, like you know really it's uh, just because you sell something to yourself further down the line I guess technically you're vertically integrated but often we're vertically challenged is probably more of the point I correct.
1: think correct correct well you are <laughs> hey don't i not
2: that's very true <laughs> yeah, uh, I was, I was. That's funny, you know. Height challenge people. You know, we've, we've
1: we've got our own issues. Oh well, everyone's got issues. Hey, um, I've got one on on Facebook from this fellow David Rawlings who says we actually played bullshit bingo at uni at the uni I was working for. My director must have had a random corporate jargon generator instead of a brain. Our team, <laughs> team produced an actual bingo card with strategize, synergize, outcome driven, innovative, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, on it. Uh, The director found it. He wasn't happy. (laughs) Love
2: it. I just love it. Uh, and again, words like strategies, values. I mean, I listened to a webinar yesterday from uh, from the USA, and it was a guy. And, and honestly, in the first 15 minutes, I think just about every cliched uh, corporate statement you could possibly make had come out. And I just went, wow, I can't believe that people are still saying those things. And, and why? Why do we need to say that kind of oh, stuff? No. Is it. Is that people need to show that they they're, they're smart? I, I, I'm not quite sure. I, I, I see. It a I, bit. I think
1: there is. I think that's a big part of it.
2: Mm, it's it's a strange one for me from that point of view. Yeah, I, I don't find it's engaging in, in any shape or form. It's so much more. Uh, it, it if anything, it just adds distance. And and we all it's like you know with uh, with with the prime minister talking about going forward, and we all heard this going forward. Uh, and and it just got so overused now and even in the corporate world i mean i find if i you just can't say those words anymore mm. because they just it just feels so so wrong and so overused and and so flippant and so yeah just i just don't like it
1: Correct. Now, I love it. What I might do, or in fact, if there's a designer out there listening and wants to create the small business, big marketing, bullshit bingo card, then bring it on. Now, mate, a couple more topics before we wrap it up. Um, Sonia's question about publicity. What a great question.
0: Hi, Tim. My name's Sonia Kamiski, and I live on a cattle station in central Queensland, and I'm very passionate about connecting kids with the bush and teaching them where their food and fibre comes from, and generally celebrating all things country. And to that end, I'm very excited to be launching a baby and children's wear label later this year called Born Country Baby. Um, my question is about marketing. I've been lucky enough to, uh, well, I think lucky, perhaps I'm not lucky, and it's standard fare, have a number of magazines and newspapers which I've contacted, say that they'd like to run a story on my business once it's ready to launch. Um, And what I'm wondering is, would it be better to do all of those things at once in in a big bang sort of approach or would I be better to stagger one a month over six months or that sort of thing? Um, Just looking for a little bit of advice, please. Um, Love your show, by the way. Thank you for bringing it to us. It's just fabulous.
1: Thank you, Sonia. Big, big, uh, big thanks to Sonia. Now, big bang publicity or do you stagger the approach? Very good question and I'm glad to hear that we both uh, have a differing point of view on this. Um, mm. my, my view is, is, is simple, although we do need to know a little bit more information, but I reckon um, go the big bang. Because if you stagger, and and that's based on the fact that if she's got one bit of news to share with the world, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, go the big bang approach, get it out there to as many media outlets as you can. Because if she were to stagger that over a series of months, then at some point, it becomes old news, fish and chip wrapper, as we would call it in the trade. Yep. But um, So get it out there, see how many fish you can get to bite, and then that bit of news is done and dusted. Um, what do you think?
2: Well, and, and just again, maybe for the listeners, just a little bit of background. I guess that's where Sonia really posed that question that she's got, you know, launching of a new business, and should she do it all in a hit or should she feed it over? Hey, what, what
1: you don't know, and this is the magic of podcasting, Andrew. I know, call it crazy. Crum- Crazy, but we stopped the recording and inserted I'll put a question
2: in there. <laughs> Sonia's question, hey? Oh, I love that. I Sorry know. about that, mate. I know it's beautiful. Wacky, uh, wacky. And so so from my point of view, what I my angle was, well, okay, if she goes and gets a whole pile of publicity now and how much capacity has she got? So let's say ten magazines or newspapers or shows picked it up, and she created this amazing publicity storm. But but what happens then if she's just completely run off her feet, can't deal with the phone calls, can't deal with everything that's associated with it, and actually ends up doing more harm than good? And uh, and and that you know becomes a, a more of a problem. So if she's got limited capacity, my view is well, you know, it's good to do metered out media over a period of twelve months, eighteen months. You've just got to do it to different markets and do it at different times I always find that uh, that marketing you can build up um, or publicity in this case publicity momentum over time where you can just have it as an ongoing thing so actually your profile and the responses grow and your business can then grow at the same kind of Rate. I've seen a lot of businesses have actually destroyed themselves by getting too much publicity yeah. too early.
1: You know, uh, you know, the, the, the reverse of that or the opposite of that is, you know, when Apple go out, Apple will say they've got something coming out, you know, like a new iPhone. It's not coming out for another two months. So they build up this pent-up demand. What if Sonya did go out with a big bang of publicity, got all this interest, got all this inquiry, um, got some orders and, say, and and, well, don't know whether she's going to get orders but actually says, you know what? We, this this product has just been so popular that we've run out. We're mm. back in manufacture, and we're going to have we're going to be able to d- deliver and specify a date. Does that kind of does that kind of scarcity create some kind of additional interest?
2: Oh, absolutely! I think it's a. I think it's actually a good strategy to use. You just have to be a little bit careful that you don't outsmart yourself. Mm. And, and again, I've seen that happen. We all know what the media are like. The media are fickle. The media, are, if they can lose interest quickly, if you're not available now to take a call and to be featured in something, well, we move on to the next person, and we'll come back to you. Which translates to, we'll you'll never hear from us again." You know, generally, and this is a big generalisation. So it, it's a complex kind. Of an area in many ways, and and you know sometimes you just got to go for it and, yeah. and say okay, well, what do we learn from that? That a we need to do more publicity, or b we need to do less publicity. But uh, but either way, they've got to be doing some publicity. I guess is the moral to the story.
1: Correct. Uh, now, Sonia from Born Country Baby, thank you very mm. much for those for that question, uh, listeners. If you do have a question for Andrew and I to tackle in an upcoming episode, then send it to questions at small smallbusinessbigmarketing.com or go to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and on the right of the page there is a voicemail button and on the left of the page there is a button that you can immediately generate an email to us. So that is a good thing to do because we love Hearing from you. Last but not least, Andrew, and we were going to cover a couple of additional topics, which we'll bump into the next episode. One of one of which is public speaking, which mm-hmm. between you and I, we do do a bit of, and um, there's probably a fair bit of discussion there. Um, but I want to get on to the naming of this um, this part of the small business big marketing show <laughs> because um, you and I, you know, like a couple of bulls in a paddock, we couldn't we couldn't reach agreement on what we should call it. Marketing
2: Um, gurus with no idea. (laughs) (laughs) We need your help, folks. We do.
1: We absolutely do. And um, what I'm going to do is in the show notes to episode 98, uh, I'm going to put a link to a little survey that I've created, which I think has got about one, two, three, zero, 15 different options of names that you and I have come up with, um, which you can go and select. Also, if you're registered at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, I'm going to send an email to everyone who has registered there, asking for their opinion. We'll whack it on Facebook. Andrew, we are going to crowdsource this bad boy to death.
2: <laughs> I love it. I love it. If we can't come up with it, we'll, we've just we just outsourced our own, you know, outsourced creativity, which is uh, it's got to be a good move. I, I,
1: I'm I, are we going to. Inf- I don't want to influence what our listeners may think, but I've got a couple of favourites in that list. Do you? And should we share them? Um no I I, I want an, I want an untainted genetic pool here. <laughs> I, I think I think we oh, just Hang on, let me just get my bullshit bingo card out. <laughs> what was that an untainted genetic pool? <laughs> <laughs> and uh I think it's interesting.
2: I mean, I've had emails from people. I've had uh, calls from people. It's great. And uh, thanks a lot, everyone. So much support for the show. It's, um, you know, I mean, Tim and I, you know, it's, and I appreciate very much the chance, Tim, to be able to uh, spend half an hour just shooting the breeze about things to do with business, things to do with small business. So it's, uh, there's so many conversations out there that need to be had. And to be able to be had, you know, loud and proud and disagree and, you know, fight and wrestle and, and keep the bullshit bingo to a minimum. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah, right. I do. <laughs> Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, no, some some good, hearty discussion. It needs to be had. There's so many things that come up, um, you know, through the course of our working week, both you and I, because we're seeing, you know, uh, hundreds, between the two of us, we're seeing hundreds of small business owners every week, every month, and um, there's misinformation out there. There's missed opportunities. There's just new stuff come, showing up all the time. So hopefully we can keep um, keep our listeners up to date with it. So, mate, on the um, 32, Two ish minute mark, I'm going to love you and leave you. Perfect. Perfect. Thanks, and more so.
2: Thanks, mate. Thanks very much, Tim. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the first show. And uh, any ideas for how we can make it better, bolder, brighter, let us know.
1: Love your work. Thanks, Tim. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that little what would you call that? A fireside chat with Andrew? A, a chin wag? Uh, don't know. We'll figure that out. But uh, if you did enjoy it, Head over to the show notes for this show, episode 98 at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Give us your feedback. Maybe there's a topic you'd like us to uh, consider, to rub our chins uh, in a very considered way and make comment on. Maybe you've got a question for us. Uh, some Any feedback is good feedback. So uh, that's enough. There is also going to be a link in the show notes. For you to go and vote on a name for that uh, those episodes that Andrew and I do together, we've got a few suggestions. You might like one of them, or you can uh, leave your own. Enough of that. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thanks, Net Registry, Net Registry, for being a part of this show. Visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com, guys. That's where you'll find lots of marketing goodies to help grow your business. Um, And come and join us on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash smallbusinessbigmarketing. I love your work. I hope you love it too. See you next time. Bye.
0: You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reed. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.